As you know, city crews have been working with the police, with fire crews as well, clearing tents on East Hastings Street. Earlier today, Vancouver City Councillor Rebecca Bly joined Mornings with Simi to talk about how that process has gone. In terms of the uh, initial um, um, plan to to clear the structures um, two days ago, yes, that was completed sort of in that day. And now we work, uh, we're working continuously, engineering staff, homelessness, outreach staff, um, and if needed at all, um, of course, with the support of the VPD, are down um, in the downtown east side, uh, in these few blocks, uh, connecting with people as um, new structures may emerge uh, and making sure folks know um, that the structures cannot be left in place um, and need to be moved along. And then, of course, finding shelter um, beds for those that would like to be uh would like to move indoors. Well, joining me now to talk more about this is Nicole Mucci with Union Gospel Mission. And Nicole, thank you so much for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Last time we talked, it was kind of as things were happening on East Hastings Street. And we talked about the fact that you at Union Gospel Mission, you had already been turning people away on a daily basis when it comes to shelter spaces. How are things going now? You know, it is a really cold and wet, miserable day out there today. I'm sure you and our uh, listeners all know that. But this morning, as I was heading along Hastings, I noticed that there was around 25 to 30 tents set up again along the main corridor and down some of those side streets, which, you know, I think folks really need to do what they need to do to stay out of the rain and to stay warm. And as much as the this was taking place and city officials and police were saying that they wouldn't be allowing the tents to set up again or the encampment, are you surprised at all that this is what you're seeing happening in that area? I think knowing that there isn't um, necessarily adequate shelter to meet everybody's different needs, especially those who might have pets or partners, um, I'm not entirely surprised to see that folks are trying to find somewhere safe to continue to shelter, especially during this really poor weather. Have you noticed an increase as well in people coming to the UGM and looking for shelter space? We, um, like we had said the other day when you and I were chatting, our, unfortunately our shelter really is kind of at capacity all the time and we're, we're pretty regularly um, you know, spending time trying to find individuals other places that they're able to stay, other shelters, just because we, we hit capacity quite quickly during intake. And so I can't say, like, it's above or out of the norm simply just because so many people are experiencing homelessness. But we have also had people coming to our outreach workers and saying, hey, do you have um, toiletries? Do you have sleeping bags? Do you have stuff to help me stay dry? Uh, because many of them had their entire belongings uh, chucked out or get wrecked in the process of the decampment. Right. And so people looking at and I had seen some other uh, accounts of that and reports of that as well. Uh, people basically kind of wandering around until they could find some place to just uh, kind of uh, shelter wherever that might be and try and get a bit of sleep. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, trying to really just get a handle on what what they had happened to them because, unfortunately, many many of the folks whose uh, tents were decamped or de- deconstructed, they lost their belongings. And so folks are starting from, you know, like completely from scratch, some of them, where they've lost the, any extra clothes they had or 
like I said, like toiletries, potentially medications, um, if their IDs or anything like that was in the tent when they were uh, de- decamped, that could have either ended up in the personal belongings bins, which um, not everyone has been able to access yet, or it could have ended up in the garbage. And so a lot of people from that Hastings corridor that had been along the encampment are in really dire straits right now. I wanted to talk to you as well, and and we are still keeping tabs on that and seeing what's happening next. But this also happens to fall on what is for many people a long weekend. It is the Easter weekend, and I know that means there is an annual event happening at the Union Gospel Mission. Will that be different at all this year, do you think, because of the increased demand? I think what we're going to see this weekend at our Easter meal is our community members coming together in community. And that's one of the most important and I think beautiful things about what Union Gospel Mission is able to offer in the downtown east side. We've been around for more than 80 years. We have weathered a lot of different storms and a lot of different, um, we're, we're there for folks when things get really tough. And that's what we're going to do this weekend. We are going to provide great food. We're going to provide space for celebration or quiet contemplation. Whatever people need in this moment after this week, we are there for them. Uh, So how will things be unfolding? I know uh, every year we talk about the the huge amount of food that is put together, the volunteers that work on this. Uh, How many people or do you know how many people might be coming and taking part in this meal on Saturday? Yeah, so we are anticipating around 22 to 2,500 meals being served this weekend on Saturday alone, actually, just on the one day, which is a lot of food to prepare and to get out the door. We've had volunteers uh, preparing already earlier this week for the meal. It usually takes uh, over 100 volunteers and staff to, to run the day to make it happen. And it also is just an enormous amount of food. It's something like 1,600 pounds of ham, 700 pounds of scalloped potatoes, there's going to be pineapples, there's pie, uh, and 700 pounds of veggies. And really, it's a good meal, and it's a really amazing opportunity for our community members to come together just in a space that's judgment-free and safe. Do you find that it's also an opportunity, and maybe even more so this year, because of what's happened and because there are so many people that uh, have been displaced because of this, is it kind of a a first point of contact as well that maybe somebody might make that connection that they wouldn't have had they not come and taken part in the meal? A hundred percent, and I'm so glad you brought that up. So one of the things that is so valuable about having these large community meals is the fact that we do have outreach workers on site, on staff, helping make the day possible. And so it is oftentimes for people, their first opportunity to come in and get to hear a little bit about the services that UGM has um, and what we could, what we could walk alongside folks with as they, you know, begin to consider their next steps forward in their lives. So whether that's our case managers working with them to try to see what services they may need and are available to them. If it's exploring potential recovery options, we have a brand new women and family center that is just in, you know, it's been running for about a year now. And so we're really starting to see a lot more women come access our services there. And these meals are such a good base for that first connection to happen. And then also, I think something that is really great that doesn't get too highlighted enough is that for many of our volunteers, especially the first-time volunteers, those folks who think, 
oh, you know, like it's Easter, it's I've got a long weekend, I should try to volunteer and give back to my community um, in some way. I think it's really eye-opening for people the first time they come in and volunteer at UGM, just how uh, humanizing it can be for them to serve and witness like the downtown east side and the community members and just to remember the humanity that shared humanity that we all have and it just really opens up that sense of compassion and understanding that you might not be on the same journey as somebody else but you certainly can understand their struggle a little bit easier once you put a face to that story Right, and uh, th- that makes so much sense that uh, that would be something that that people would would come away from. And, and again, knowing, I mean, nobody is suggesting that that this one meal is any kind of solution or or, or some uh, way to to fix all of the the issues that we're seeing. But it certainly does seem like like it is something, and that there are there are good things that can come from it. Of course, and it's so important to understand that there is no like magic simple solution to solving homelessness or to um, solving addiction. But, you know, one of the things that we really take to heart at UGM is that it's really one life at a time and we can help, you know, potentially start a relationship that could alter one person's life. And each time one person has an opportunity to start to make those like lifelong changes, it really can help transform a community. And even if, this weekend, all that comes out of it is that space for community, that safety, that that sense of togetherness. If that's the entire purpose of this weekend, it still is a win, especially after this really difficult week where so many people lost so much. All right. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us and for talking more about this today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a happy Easter.